0: Welcome to the transforming society podcast, I'm very happy to say that we're bringing you a special episode in which Philippa Grand from Bristol University Press and author Helen Cara will be talking about the author editor relationship, what it means for publishing and for writers and how getting it right can really help to make an impact. Philippa is publisher for international development and research methods and practices at Bristol University Press, and has over 17 years' experience in publishing across social science subjects, working with various leading publishers, including Manchester University Press, Routledge, and Palgrave Macmillan. Helen has been an independent researcher since 1999 and specialises in research methods and ethics. Her books, published by Policy Press, include Creative Research Methods. Research Ethics and edited with Su Koo the new rapid response volumes research in the age of COVID-19. Welcome both. Thank you. Thank you very much for doing this today and I will hand over to you now.
1: Great thank you Jess. Uh, So hello Helen.
2: Hello Philippa.
1: So we were um, talking to you about kind of podcast ideas and you actually came up with this idea to talk about the author-editor relationship Um, and I wanted to ask first of all why you thought, why this topic?
2: Well I think for me because one of the things I love to do in my work and life generally is demystify things, um, to learn all the dark arts as you might say and I think it's very little really talked about. Um, I mean, writers sometimes talk about it among ourselves. How, you know, what's your editor like, blah, blah. I'm sure editors talk about writers. And in fact, I know this because I used to be a freelance copy editor in academic publishing. Um, and I did talk to other editors about some writers, usually in very complimentary terms. Um, but there's not much about how the relationship between author and editor works. And yet this relationship is so crucial for the success of book production, which is what we're all really interested in. Um, So I thought it'd be interesting for this podcast. So why do you think, so
1: you feel it's sort of
2: shrouded in mystery? I do, really. It's like something that's not written about very much. I haven't seen much about it in books or in academic journals. I haven't come across blog posts about it particularly. Um, I don't really know why that is. Um, but I mean you agreed that it was a, a worthwhile topic to discuss. What's your take on it?
1: Yeah, I mean, when you said that, I immediately thought that would be really interesting. That's a really interesting subject to talk about. Um, I mean, I definitely think I totally agree. I think it's a really important relationship. And I agree, yeah, it's overlooked. I also think a lot of the discussion, there's quite a lot of critical discussion about academic publishers you know some of it's probably rightly justified um but i i suppose i and i'm probably biased in this would say that um editors are editors are really kind of um important people who often get overlooked in the whole process in this kind of criticism of, of publishers generally um you know they care very passionately about their work their um they're very uh you know they love what they do they're very knowledgeable about their subject areas and somehow I think sometimes that's that gets a bit a bit overlooked you know uh, of course it's it's so it's it's so vital um the editor is the author's point person in 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 within the press you know they're the 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 number one go-to person they're they're the linchpin for, for the for the author and for the whole project um, so yeah I think it's very important indeed so yeah agreed with you on that one
2: um, so then I guess the question is why is it so important I mean you've mentioned that the editor's the point of contact which of course is absolutely true um, but an editor can be really useful to talk to even before a writer has any kind of relationship with a publishing house so when I first contacted policy press I was thinking about my first research methods book, Research and Evaluation for Busy Students and Practitioners. And I was tossing up in my mind which publisher I wanted to go to because having worked in publishing and having had family who work in publishing and friends who work in publishing, I knew enough to know that it was a good idea to pick up the phone and make a quick call and say, are you interested in this book? Do you already have one like it in the pipeline? Because if you do, clearly I'm not going to write it probably for anybody and certainly not for you. Um, and I got a very warm response. I think that's something you love, isn't it? When people approach you and say, how about maybe I write this book for you? Those are conversations, as I understand it, that you really want to have. Oh, God. I mean,
1: yeah, If a, it, that's that's the number one thing I want to hear. You know, if, a, if some, an author comes up to me at a conference and says, can I talk to you about my book proposal? That's that's the that's the best thing that can happen to you at the conference. And yeah, and I, I sort of sometimes think I don't, that academics don't make enough of those opportunities to, to have those kinds of informal discussions and find out. I think academics are fairly unique within publishing, that they have that direct access to, to the publisher in the way that fiction authors or, you know, the, the people writing for a more kind of more mainstream general trade market don't have. They, they, they don't have intermediaries like Agents, they can talk directly with the publisher and find out immediately. Firstly, if the editor is someone they feel that they can work with and that, that they can get on. Um, but, and secondly, fi- exactly, find out if this is a, a project that would fit with the press or find out what the, pre- the kind of projects that the press is looking for. And, and that then would help the academic in thinking longer term about an overall kind of publishing strategy.
2: I don't think academics realise how unique their position is in that sense of having direct access to editors and, and publishers. Um, and I mean, my experience has been that people have been helpful above and beyond editors have sometimes, you know, once or twice I've floated an idea with an editor saying, I think this might be of interest to your publishing house. And um, the editors come back and said, well, actually, it doesn't really fit for us, but have you tried other publisher? Because yeah, I we yeah. think it might fit for there. So there's a generosity of spirit around in the academic publishing industry. But I don't think academics, I think academics think that if a publisher agrees to publish their book, the publisher is doing the academic a massive favor. But actually, I think it's more like the other way around. This is kind of one of my hobby horses, but I think that academics don't value themselves and their potential outputs enough in that context. Yeah,
1: that's really interesting because I think certainly in my time in publishing, I I really see that academics have quite a wide range of choice now. And there are different types of publisher that they can work with, um, all with different strengths and different weaknesses. But for me, it feels, yeah, that much more it's the academic that has the choice and the publisher that needs to to woo the academic and, and, you know, make clear why, why that they're the place uh, for the academics book, basically. Um, Do you think that's, do you think that's a change?
2: I I think it is from when I first started working in academic publishing, which was about 25 years ago. Um, Yes, I really think it is. Um, And of course, academics now can also self-publish. Academics can publish whole e-books, print books without going anywhere near a publisher. Um, It's continually touted as the next big thing. I don't think it's ever going to be the next big thing. I think it's going to be applicable for a very small number of academics in a very small number of contexts, but it does widen the options. And also some academics are looking at publishing journal articles versus writing a blog post and thinking, you know what, I'm going to write the blog post. It's easier, it's quicker, it'll be out there faster. So for these reasons too, conventional publishers are needing to be more attractive to appeal more and the role of the editor is crucial in that. It's always been crucial, but I think it's even more so because if an academic doesn't get a good experience with their editor, they're probably going to say so to other people and not work with that publisher again and go somewhere else and so on and so on. Um, So it is really important. And I guess knowing the range of people you get in academia, that may be easier with some authors than with others, but I won't ask you to speculate on that because I think that would be unfair. (laughs) Um, What might be a more fruitful direction of discussion is to think about why we chose policy press. I chose it as a writer, but clearly also you had some level of choice as an editor. You you know, you're very experienced. I don't imagine you were just desperate for a job. Um, I imagine there was an element of choice in you coming to work at policy press. So I'd be interested to know why you did use quality press. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think talking about the way that publishing has changed over the last 15 or so years, at the moment, there's a real um, dominance of, of commercial publishers, I think. And I think it's really important that the, universe, that the university press sector exists and that it provides a counter to that because I think there's so much that um, the non-profit or university press sector can offer you know the main thing being that uh, research is a public good and at the university press it is the research utterly that comes first but also I always knew that policy press had this amazing reputation amongst authors and you would speak to authors and say you know why uh, you'd speak to authors and, and get their kind of wider sense of um uh, of the mark of of publishers and policy press always came up as as a great place to publish and the academics really enjoyed publishing with them and yeah as you're saying earlier you know that then makes your life as an editor much easier you want your you're sort of going out there asking people to write for you if there's already that existing reputation um if uh, you know that the press is going to kind of in, in the round offer a, a good service to authors and a positive experience, then, then that's helpful to you. Um, what about, what about you? Why, why did you? Why did you make that initial call out of all the people you could have rung?
2: Well, that was back in 2011. Um, and I'd done a fair amount of research online and I was coming at it from a different angle, of course. And I didn't have the networks at that time in academic publishing that I have now where I might have asked around and said, you know, who do you publish with? You know, that kind of thing. And many of the research methods people were publishing with bigger international um, publishers. I mean, Policy Press has got a much more international profile now than it had in 2011. In 2011, it was very much a UK publisher. But what I liked was the that it was a non-profit. It was not for profit. So I wasn't going to be pouring unpaid effort into shareholders' pockets, which I fundamentally did not want to do. Uh, And it's strong social justice ethos because I've worked a lot in the third sector and I know that, you know, not one nonprofit is not like another. So that alone wasn't the deciding factor. It was a strong factor. But the social justice ethos just felt like I would fit with that. Um, um, You know, that I would fit in. Um, And I also quite liked the idea of, Working with a smaller publisher as well, Um, I didn't really want to go and be a tiny fish with some great massive monolithic publishing house with huge departments of stuff. I've liked the fact that writing with Policy Press, I've been able to be involved with marketing, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff with layout even and production. But also I really rate the high production values at Policy Press. I really rate the fact that the books themselves are good quality, that they're well properly edited and proofread um, I mean, yeah. I do read books from some other academic publishers and I do think, how on earth did you publish this? Why didn't you just edit it for goodness sake? Or why are there <laughs> so many typos? <laughs> I won't name and shame, cause that's not fair. But you know, I do see that with other, some other, not all, um, yeah. but some, and particularly some of the, perhaps the bigger ones are a bit liable to that. Um, um, and I don't find that at policy press and I continually appreciate that. I mean, I appreciate that as much now as I did when I started. And I'm glad that hasn't slipped and changed as policy press has grown and got bigger and become part of Bristol University Press, which is all great. Um, But you know, in that process, those things could have slipped and I don't think they have. And I think that's really important. That's very good to hear.
1: So you were quite strategic then in thinking about who you wanted to publish with. What, What led you to think in that way?
2: Well, I think my experience of publishing, I'd, I'd written a book before, um, which I published with Russell House, who I don't think even exists anymore. Um, my parents were indexers, so I knew about it from that side of things. I'd been a member of the Society of Freelance Editors and Proofreaders for some years and organised a conference for them. And you know, I'd kind of picked up, a, and I had a couple of friends who worked in publishing as commissioning editors, who put worked okay. my way when I went freelance, but who I also knew about the business from. Um, They were both in in academic publishing. And so I kind of knew some stuff. Um, I wasn't an expert. I'm still not an expert. I'm never going to be an expert. I'm a writer. Um, And I've done some freelance work and I know some people. But I think I knew enough to feel more confident in dealing with publishers than most of my academic peers and certainly people who are thinking about their first book. Um, Because as you write, you do pick up a lot along the way, which is great. But the knowledge, I think one of the good reasons for doing this podcast is to help writers, beginning writers, to understand how some of this works and and how to operate it from their end.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what did you feel more, what did you feel more confident about, about making that initial phone call?
2: Well, I just kind of figured, I mean, it, the website was nice and there was a picture of Karen and that was helpful because I thought, well, I know who I'm going to be talking to. Um, I'll just pick up the phone. And I don't, I'm quite happy talking to people. It's not something that bothers me. But um, I think also the fact that I was an independent researcher, interested her and actually policy press were very supportive in the, in the early stages of my writing career, a couple of times when I really did need a bit of support. Um, yeah. Policy Press was was able to do that a bit above and beyond what they perhaps might expect to do for a salaried academic. Yeah, yeah, and that was hugely helpful. And I think Policy Press has always had this ethos of being wow. quite inclusive, of taking a very broad view of what academic writing and publishing is and who might do that scholarly work. Yeah, um, and I felt very comfortable with that too. I felt welcome, and that was that was a good thing.
1: Yeah, I and I think that's that's the kind of thing that you can find out about particular prep. that's the kind of thing i wish academics were sort of a bit more um, engaged with finding out out about it how individual publishers work because um, yeah i think that's really key to policy press and us but other publishers might feel differently about it other publishers might um, not feel so comfortable about publishing you know people researchers who work outside the, the system I suppose and um, just to kind of go back a bit just tell me a bit more about why you see the relationship as so important
2: I think because I mean like you said you're my first point of contact I know from my own experience of being a copy editor so I can say this but some authors are a lot more needy than others and I think as an author it's a professional relationship And it's my job not to be super needy at you, Um, you know, not to be a diva, to be aware that I'm by far the only by far from being the only author that you work with. Um, And that while, yes, I can ask for your time and your help, I don't want to overdo it. I sort of save it for when I really need it, I guess. Um, I tend to save it for, you know, those times when I think, well, actually, there isn't anyone else I can ask about this. I really do need to go to Philippa with this one. So I think the relationship takes some management like all professional relationships yeah. do. How does that seem from your side? Yeah, well, I think I mean, I think you
1: are a particularly engaged author and that makes you really exciting and interesting to work with from my perspective. And has meant that, you know, I did then talk to you about the Rapid Responses books that you have recently published. Um, and, and you do that very well in being engaged and, and interested in the press too, I think, and, and interested in what's going on here. Um, and, I and you know, I think that's another reason why this relationship is important, because if you can you know, develop a good relationship with your editor, it could lead to other things. It could lead to reviewing opportunities or discussing book series ideas or you know we're often asked internally to put names forward for editorial boards or for other projects that we might be working on um you know and and who who you know immediately springs to mind so I've really appreciated how engaged you you are as an an author actually and I also think I mean thinking about that relationship it's it's quite it's quite a stressful thing to do to hand your projects over to somebody a lot of people might not have you know doing it for the first time I always think what would I need personally from a publisher if I was doing this and, and I love to know the process I love to know what is going on tell me exactly what's going on um, which probably would make me quite a needy author. But I think, I think it's not neediness. It's just having needs, isn't it? You're the person there to hold their hand and to take them through. And I am absolutely with you on demystifying this process. Um, And I think that's one of the good things I've actually seen in my career that it that information is available online, you can you can go onto a publisher's website and find out quite a lot of information about who the right person to contact is. Um, And, you know, and you have that direct ability to communicate with the editor. Um, And I would encourage all academics, you know, an email just saying, this is my project, this is a brief summary of my project, you know, would would it fit with what you're doing? You know, I, I would encourage academics absolutely uh, to, discuss, to, to discuss that.
2: I want to go back to something you said, which was about researching publishers, um, because you just mentioned about you know, lots of stuff on the web. And I think this is really key. And one of the things that the Policy Press website said when I first looked at it was, we like to work in partnership with our authors. And I thought, great, that will suit me. And that's what I've done ever since. So researching publishers for writers I would say do as much research as you can before you make that first phone call. Look at the books a publisher brings out. Do you think your book will fit with those? Will it fit with this publisher over here or that one over there? Look at the corporate structure. Are they a standalone? Are they a parent company? Do they have a parent company? If so, what else is that parent company involved in? How much profit does the publisher contribute to the parent company? Do you want to be part of that or not? Would you rather work with an independent publisher or a not-for-profit publisher? All yeah. of these things are factors, I think, because the cultures are different.
1: Yeah, um, the cultures are very different, and the expectations on the editor are very different too. So I think it's also really worth talking about being clear about what the process is within particular presses. Um, you know, how does the peer review process work? Will your manuscript be reviewed, or is it just reviewed at proposal stage? You know really understand how how that whole you know what will the editor engagement be which will be different for different kinds of books as well um but i yeah i think understanding that not all publishers are the same is really important but the ed, your ed, and your editor is your route to, to understanding that and and to demystify demystifying that
2: yes and you can ask questions i mean conferences are great because if you've got three or four publishing stands there you can go and as a potential author you can go and talk to all of them yeah, and see I what know. kind of response you get i mean that's a phenomenal yeah. opportunity
1: i know it's it's massive and it's very it's sort of quite rarely taken up what i think actually if you go to the american conferences they will i have been at american conferences where people come around with printouts of their proposals to to hand out so they they may be a bit more kind of advanced at how to kind of how to network. I mean, academics are well used to networking and making all sorts of kinds of connections. And yeah, this is a huge opportunity. There's a a direct moment, usually, when we're not in lockdown, um, to be able to do that and to kind of interview, you know, interview different editors and different presses and find out which one is going to work for you. But I also think that the Publishers definitely are different. And one of the things to think about in working with um, editors and publishers is that they are going to have different strengths and weaknesses, that the large corporates will be you know, good at some things, not so good at others. And, you know, and same with with a university press or, or a smaller press. And... You probably aren't. To, you aren't going to get everything in one press probably. So there might you are going to have to kind of compromise or something. Some things. I mean, and your editor can kind of make clear what their press particular strengths are. But understanding you probably aren't going to get everything uh, in one in one place. It's probably a good thing to be aware of. But what would you? What what other tips would you have on making the best of that relationship?
2: I think communicate clearly and where possibly concisely is always useful. Um, I mean, people working in publishing are used to reading a lot, uh, but it's still worth you know trying to keep emails professionally short um, where possible. And sometimes to think before you respond, to make sure you're responding, not reacting, um, because sometimes communication, you know, everybody's working at speed and sometimes communication can deliver messages that for me as a writer, aren't necessarily what I ideally wanted to hear. Um, and I don't want to just kick back and just want to take the time to think about it and then respond in a in a positive and professional way. Um, but mm. just to communicate as well as possible, really.
1: Yeah.
2: What do yeah. you think? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I I think um, keeping in touch through the whole process, I think the, for for the editor, when when an author goes silent, that's that's the worst thing, you know. Even if it is, you know, bad news. So, I mean, we're we're used to books being delayed, you know, and there are often and there are usually very good reasons why they might be delayed, uh, and we'd rather know about that upfront than than hear about it later. But you're right. I mean, this is a this is a relationship, and you need to to build trust and, and understanding on both sides of of, of what each other needs i suppose and and yeah keeping in touch and, and keeping communication going is is really important from our perspective
2: and i have to say one of the things i was most grateful for all three of the publishers that i'm currently working with um when my mother died in april all three emailed me and said take as long as you need or words to that effect, and it felt really sincere. It felt really like actually, if I needed to not t- not think about publishing for six months, that would still be okay. And we, I didn't take that, didn't need to take that long, but that was really comforting, and it made me feel like yes, this is really about actual relationships with actual people. That's what makes it work—is making the relationships yeah. work.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you have to take into account that you know life is happening <laughs> all the time, um, and you know you can't force people to write can you and writing is a creative process writing doesn't sort of happen even if it is academic writing it's still a creative process um and yeah you have to take that into account
2: yeah absolutely
1: that you know i i think as well It's nice if academics can also remember that editors mess up too and we're not always perfect. I think I shared with you a story of an author very early in my career, I would add, um, who got very cross with me and I can't remember why now and sort of called me out on on something I I hadn't done, I hadn't got back to him or I'd sent an abrupt email. And I just, I was pondering what to do and then I realised the best thing to do was just agree and I just agreed with him and said you're right this is not what you should expect from us this wasn't that policy press this was another publisher and I completely understand if you want to go somewhere else but if you'll give me a second chance I will you know endeavor to do better and went on to publish several other books with him so you know yes there there is that human human side to it isn't there you would have to bear in mind um and I uh, but you know that's that's reason why so many editors do this job they love they love talking to academics and they love forming those kinds of relationships where you can you can you maybe publish an academics first book maybe a conversion for their phd maybe later on you then publish a textbook with them maybe there's the kind of more general book they always wanted to write so you know making those relationships you're going to need them through your whole career and they can, if they can develop and and get deeper, they can lead to uh, sort of other opportunities.
2: So I think we've pretty much demystified that, haven't we? About as (laughs) far as as we can, I think.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you very much, both. That That was really interesting. That was author Helen Cara and editor Philippa Grand with a brilliant insight into their experiences of publishing which I'm sure will be really helpful to other writers and editors and also offers valuable lessons to us as publishers. More information about Helen's books and about publishing with Bristol University Press or Policy Press can be found on our website, which is bristoluniversitypress.co.uk.